was Let Us Ever Walk With Jesus, and we're going to be talking about that. Today is Tuesday, June the 24th. I'm Tom Baker, host for Rumination Tuesday, and with me is my good friend, Mark Smith. How you doing, hey. Mark? I'm doing fine, Tom, on this beautiful day. Beautiful, it's a beautiful day, day after yesterday's storms. Oh man, I'll tell you, it cooled everything off. I took a walk this morning. Beautiful. Really? Yeah. You didn't have to go through any water. No, not at all. So you took a walk. Were you walking with Jesus? Well, he he certainly never left me. That's right. That's going to be the hymn that we're going to be taking a look at which, of course, is going to be the hymn assigned for the fourth Sunday after Pentecost, which is June the 28th. So we're kind of taking a look at this. Um, did I get the right date for today? What is today's date? Uh, you know what? Let's see. Sunday was the 21st, so this is the 23rd. Yeah, I said 22nd. Yeah, 23rd. Boy, without going around preaching everywhere, you kind of lose the time of the dates. Well, not only that, when you're retired, you forget what day it is. Let's see, is it Thursday or Friday? Or You just do. It's really funny. I've heard that before. I've heard other people talk about that, but I, now I experience firsthand. It's funny yeah, how you lose track of days. Yeah. <laughs> and, and today, of course, is Saturday. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, without further ado... This Let Us Ever Walk With Jesus was written by Sigismund von Berken, who died in 1681. So this is kind of an older hymn, and it's kind of long. So would you please read the first stanza? Okay. Let us ever walk with Jesus, follow his example pure. Through a world that would deceive us, and to sin our spirits lure. Onward in his footsteps treading, pilgrims here, our home above, full of faith and hope and love, let us do the Father's bidding. Faithful Lord, with me abide, I shall follow where you guide. I've often said that every Bible verse can be understood in two ways, the wrong way and the right way. This well, is also sense. true of hymns. So when you first read this, let us ever walk with Jesus, what would be the wrong way to interpret this hymn? Well, let's see. Let us ever. I know, you know, you used to say in the early days of uh, radio broadcasting, you, you used to make the shocking statement that Jesus is a, well, you used to say, Jesus is a terrible example to follow. And I think what you meant is it's an impossible example to follow. For what? Well, if you, if you think you're going if you, if you to earn heaven by imitating Jesus, forget it. Exactly. Well said, Mark. That's exactly the point I want to make, that every religion in the world, when they say, let us ever walk with our God, they're saying it as a method or means of salvation. 
And we have a distinction in Lutheran theology uh, to show that this isn't talking about a means of salvation. Well, what is that distinction? Do you remember? Law and gospel. Well, there is law and gospel, but the difference, I'll give you the first one, you give me the second one. Okay. Justification, justification or... and sanctification. Yes. Justification and sanctification, yes. So, in fact, if you uh, are looking at the hymnal that we're using right now, Lutheran Service Book, what is the title that this hymn is under? Sanctification. Yes, sanctification, not justification. Right. Because so, justification, justification, we don't we don't follow him. He carries us. He's he he's he bears us up. And you're talking about Luke 15, the parable of the lost sheep. Right. Yes. That therefore. It's kind of interesting in Luke 15, you also had the parable of the prodigal son. And a lot of and people then the think lost coin. That, and a lot of people think that what we're talking about there is the prodigal son repents and returns home. But that would be walking with God, and he doesn't. He says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home. Uh, tell my dad that, you know, I'm really sorry for what I've done, but make me one of your best hired servants. Yeah, I'm going to really manipulate returning him. home to manipulate his father. Right. right. And, and, and what his does father, the father His father do? will have none of that. In, instead, the father runs out and sweeps him into his arms. Exactly. So one can say that the father walks with the son. Right. That's justification. Sanctification is we walk with Jesus. So how would you define sanctification? Uh, it's it's uh, living our whole lives as a thank offering. Very well said. It is the response to our having been justified. We love because he first loved us. Yes. Yes. And there is a way that we follow his example pure. Uh, boy, we use this an awful lot. Matthew 25, the sheep and the goats. The sheep and the goats often did the same work. Like they both probably visited people in prison. But the sheep's works were considered pure because they weren't their own works. They were fruit of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, yes. In were contrast done. to unbelievers that always did good works out of self-interest. Right. So, yeah, if, if they're done in Christ, if they're done in faith, they are pure in Christ. Yes. Do you think this first verse, as you start reading it, is really appropriate for today's society? Well, I mean, with the the trouble and the unrest that's going on today, right? Uh, well, well, read the next line. It, it depends upon who you're talking to. Read the next line. 
Follow his example pure, pure. Through, through a world that would deceive us. Yes, yes, yes. Through a world that would deceive us, uh, uh, frighten us, lead us astray, and to sin our spirit's lure. You know, yeah. the reading, one of them for this, for Sunday after Pentecost, is Romans chapter 7, where Paul makes a big distinction between what causes death in our lives and it's not the law the law we're unable to follow because of our rebellion it is sin that causes death in our lives and that's what this verse says and to sin our spirits spirits lure. lure yeah so To tread in Christ's footsteps means to follow his will without rebellion. Mm -hmm. How about that line, you know, does it need any explanation where it says, to sin our spirits lure, and particularly because it's plural spirits. You know, people are going to say, is that our soul, is that our... Is that our, our, our spirit? Uh, how would you explain that? I think I know how I would explain it. Well, the hymn starts off, not let me, but let us. And that's why it's a plural spirit that the writer is referring to all Christians. Okay, okay. How would you explain it? Well, I was going to explain it as... Uh, as maybe our dispositions, our our dispositions or our emotions, um, how we're disposed, and 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 uh, uh, let's see, the world that would deceive us and to sin our dispositions lure. That's an I, I suppose that's another way you could look at it. But I, I grant you that makes sense uh, that the spirit should be plural. Yes. Uh, Because it is being, this is important, since it's sanctification, it is a hymn written to Christians, not to unbelievers. Right. In fact, we would call this, what use of the law? Third. Very good. This is, when we become a Christian, we do not automatically know what God's will is in every situation. So we search the scriptures and that's what the law does. It informs us of what the will of God is. It so gives that us a we guide. Can... It's what? a road guide. It's a guide for our Christian life. Well, if you keep reading, let us do the Father's bidding. Let's see. Bidding. That's what it is. Yeah. It's the Father's bidding. Right. Uh, and a road guide to what he wants us to do. Um, Stanza two, please. Okay. Let us suffer here with Jesus, and with patience bear our cross. Joy will follow all our sadness. Where he is, there is no loss. Though today we sow no laughter, we shall reap celestial joy. All discomforts that annoy shall give way to mirth hereafter. Jesus, here I share your woe. Help me there your joy to know. 
Now, when I read Jesus here, I share your woe, the woe I recall Jesus had, remember when he looked over Jerusalem and he wept? Yes. Because he was one that wanted to gather them and they would not. And that's the woe you and I have as pastors. We have a wonderful message But look how many now in society are really ignoring that message, becoming immoral, and no longer walking with Jesus. Yeah, that that can be frustrating, too. So isn't that interesting? To walk with Jesus means that we're going to suffer. Yeah, we're we're still under the... the under the cross we're still under the shadow of the cross we're not we're not in glory yet and our cross is the suffering now where did the prodigal son suffer after the father took him home let's see i would say uh the prodigal son suffered in that uh his brother yes his brother would have rejected him Yes, he was rejected by his brother, and I'm sure his brother was saying terrible things about him. Yeah. And and so there's a good example of suffering, even when we're taken home into the kingdom of heaven by the Father, namely the Holy Christian Church. So I find this interesting. uh, Written, well, the gentleman died in 1681, There were wars going on between the Roman Catholics and the Lutherans. Right. And you can understand the suffering that went on that for many Reformation uh, Christians, boy, especially with the Council of Trent indicating that what they believed meant that they were anathematized outside of the church. In that second verse, it says, and with patience bear our cross. How would you define cross? The cross is the suffering that we experience because we are Christians. Okay. Because, you know, a lot of people use that in a wider, much wider sense. They'll talk yes. about, uh, you know, they'll talk about, oh, so-and-so is really, she has a she has a cross to bear because of a handicap or uh uh, uh, may, maybe a loved one that she's taking care of and, and she goes through a lot of trouble and they say, oh, what a cross she bears. And I've heard, uh, I've heard theologians distinguish. They say, no, that's not, that's not really a, uh, the, the cross. The cross is what we bear distinctly because we're Christians, because of our faith. Would you agree? Yes. Yes. Now, it could be that someone is taking care of someone, and that may be a burden, but because of their love for Jesus, they aren't able to do the kinds of things they want to do. Like parents right now, a lot of them are still at home with their children, and they're not able to work. Uh, Those are crosses they're bearing, but that's because they're following the example of Jesus in being parents first. So Rather in other words, than, a cross a cross is not necessarily per- 
born, a cross is not necessarily persecution, but it's what you bear because of your because of your faith. Would you agree? Excellent point. Okay. Excellent point. All right. Which moves us now, after we suffer, what does stanza three say? Okay. Let us gladly die with Jesus, since by death he conquered death. He will free us from destruction, give to us immortal breath. Let us mortify all passion that would lead us into sin. And the grave that shuts us in shall but prove the gate to heaven. Jesus, here with you I die, there to live with you on high. Now, that's really important. And I'm getting back to the Romans passage that Paul begins Romans 7 talking about that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. And talks about a married woman who is bound to her husband, but if he dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Right Now, Paul uses that analogy to say, you also have died to the law. Now, you would think he's saying, once you leave this earth, but he doesn't. He says, you have died to the law through the body of Christ. Right. In other words... You and I have already died to sin so that we are no longer held accountable for our sins, and therefore death is no longer the consequence of our sins. Right. We're, we're not living under the law. We're living under grace. That's excellent. That goes back to Romans 6, uh, a big point I always like to make, so that... Therefore, our death has already occurred, and the reason for that is because he conquered death. How did Jesus conquer death? By his death on the cross. But how did he conquer it? Well, by uh, crushing, the, crushing the, the, the head of the old serpent, defeating defeating uh, Satan and, and, and hell and death. Paul says... Oh, rising, he, rising from the dead. Is that what, is I that was wondering answer? how long it would take you to get to the resurrection. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. That was... Uh, yeah. Boy, you retired pastors, I tell you. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. So am I. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, don't you love uh, that line? Don't you just love that line? And the grave that shuts us in shall but prove the gate to heaven. I love that line. I, I really do. Yes. Yes, that nobody who's in the grave who is a Christian is not already with Jesus in the spirit. Yeah. You know, you look at the grave and it looks so final uh, when we I bury know. our loved ones and... and uh, but the grave that uh, that shuts us in shall but shall but prove the gate to heaven. That's that's the gate to heaven there. And that's why the last line says, "There to live with you on high." Yeah. And that's of course talking about eternal life. Right. All right. Stanza four. Let us also live with Jesus. He has risen from the dead. 
that to life we may awaken. Jesus, you are now our head. We are your own living members. Where you live, there we shall be in your presence constantly. Living there with you forever, Jesus, let me faithful be, life eternal grant to me. Now that's really an interesting line there. We are your own living members. Where you live, there we shall be. Now, what's that referring to? Well, we're the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. Christ is our head. And where he goes, we we too follow. In fact, we're already Paul there. in uh, another passage talks about we not only have died in Christ, we not only have risen in Christ, but we are also are ascended to the right hand of God in Christ. And that's because we're part of his body and where the head is, there also are the parts of the body. Right. So right now, where you live, that's at the right hand of God, there we shall be as Christians. So when we pray, we pray to Jesus, who's at the right hand of God. And there's no need to pray to a saint or through a saint because nobody is closer to God the Father than is Jesus Christ. That's right. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He says, I am the way. So he's yes. it. But he also says, I am the life. Right. So that we begin our life at the point when we are justified. Yes. And Jesus becomes our head. We're our we are now his own living members. We're part yeah. of the family of God. And for most of us, that happens in our baptism. Very good. Or for many also, it can happen through faith. Like yeah. Paul became a believer prior to baptism. Right. Conversion. Baptism just assured him. Right. But in that faith, then he became a member of God. See, this is a problem that I'm seeing in today's society. We're to love our neighbor, but not because we're all children of God. We're to love our neighbor because that's how we walk with Jesus. Whether the neighbor is a child of God or not, we are still supposed to care for them because that's what Jesus did. That's Remember, right. he ate and drank with tax collectors, sinners, uh, prostitutes, etc., and it got him crucified yeah. because, of course, they couldn't stand that. Yeah. In fact, he says, even love your enemies. Yes. And we did that. Like during World War II, I always remember the photographs of nurses who are helping out wounded Nazi soldiers. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now and, you uh, I've think. even heard of I've even heard of uh oh, you know, the allied bombers that were praying for praying for the poor people down below that were on the receiving end of those bombs they were dropping. Yes. Yes. 
So there can be love shown uh, even to the enemy. So what we have in this hymn, we're to walk with Jesus, we're to suffer with Jesus, we're to gladly die with Jesus, and therefore, what an appropriate ending, we're to live with Jesus. Eternally. You like this hymn? Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. It's uh, it's uh, it's usually I think of it as a, a good closing hymn. Oh, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Well, that closes our broadcast for today. Uh, tomorrow we'll be doing another session of CFW Walther's Law and Gospel. You've listened to. Law and Gospel with myself, Tom Baker, and Mark Smith. Till tomorrow, God bless. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 930 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.